0: just send us an email use the contact button on our website retirementunlimited.com or just give our office a call our phone number is 951-684-7011
1: today we're going to talk about something kind of near and dear to our hearts but it is it, it, it's it's finances. We're going to talk about. It's a larger series we're going to do right now. That's going to be all about financial planning, investment management, kind of the whole piece of what we do. And we're going to chop it up piece by piece. Have a number of episodes. But we're starting with how, how do we get here? Like, why do we even have this industry where people use brokers and and wealth managers? And, and a piece. I mean there's other pieces, but the main piece I see where this started was back in 1978. You know, if that was you know back back then they, they started what was called the 401k. We have that now. Most people have 401ks. But before that, it was just pensions. You worked for a company for 20 years, 30 years. Right. You got the gold watch, you know, kind of the stereotypical stuff you think about out of the 50s Everybody's and the 40s. Everybody's looking for
0: retirement and they knew they were going to get social security and pensions.
1: Yep. Okay. Right. So if you worked for the company, you got promotions in the company, you're going to get your social security, you're going to get your pension. And that was, um, that was it. That was everything. That was right. all you needed. 1978, they changed the rules a little bit and Congress came out with this thing called a 401k. That's the reference to the tax code that they put it. But people use that as a, basically a private savings device that you as an individual or a company could set up for you, but you were able to set aside some of your salary, some of your income into a tax deferred account. And then yeah. in your retirement, you could use that. And I, and I don't know if it came out initially as a supplement or as a replacement. Um, well, what, I, what I, was, I was
0: around at that point in time, and there was a lot of argument about the benefit of a pension and the argument was is that if you have your own additional savings account you could put money into this 401k and so, and some private companies had a pension as well as a 401k there was a matching aspect of it there was all these factors but bottom line is that companies were transferring the burden to the employee mm. and they were saying as an employee you're going to do better because you could contribute from from zero up to a certain percentage and some companies said we'll match that yeah but there's a lot of variation, but at the crux of it, at the very base of it, companies were transferring that responsibility to the employee. Yeah,
1: and that, in my mind, gave rise yep. to, in essence, a whole industry that people, you know, say they did that, they put, sorry, put it into their 401k, and then they got close to retirement and said, what am I gonna do with this thing? I now have this money, it's my life savings, and they have the, on one side, the freedom, on the other side, the responsibility right. to manage it. Okay. And so, They worked with financial planners and with brokers. And um, it used to be years ago, you couldn't buy a stock. You couldn't buy a mutual fund on your own easily. You had to go through a broker. You had to go through, and there was fees associated. Just
0: before the advent of the 401k, that's when the financial planning industry kind of had its its beginning. Mm. And so there was the College of Financial Planning. There was several different associations and such as that. And it's confusing for most people because through this period of time, the industry's got what I call the alphabet soup. We've got all these different designations yeah. of people that, from a broker to an insurance agent to a financial planner, I mean, we've got all these different variations of people who say, I do the same thing. But in actuality, we know it's not the same thing.
1: Right. They don't do the same thing. And they, they have very different approaches of why they're doing it. So. Often, you know, today you have brokers, and a broker is is here to, in essence, facilitate your purchase or trade of a, of a fund or a mutual fund it's or transaction a
0: transaction-based, right? It's
1: transaction-based, and they get a commission based on what you do. So they'll sometimes present some clever ideas. Hey, based on what you're doing here, you should be into this fund. And you say yes, and they say, perfect. They put some money in there, and they trigger a commission for themselves. And that was initially a lot of, I think, how it was running, people were help, helping and planning and being brokers. Well, as you move forward, the, the, the costs of trading um in the last decade or so have come down dramatically, right. um all the way to zero. To where now to buy or sell a, a stock, you don't have an eight dollar trade fee or a twelve dollar trade fee. It is zero. You just make the trade. And with that, up came these what we call robo advisors. And there was a big concern that in the industry of financial planning, you know, between the you know nineties and two thousands, you know, kind of till today, of saying well, with, the, with with fees coming down, robo advisors coming up,
0: this artificial intelligence, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We don't even need these advi- investment advisors. We don't need any of these folks. People can manage their own investments, and these robo advisors will tell them what to pick. Um, and there's a concern in the industry, and it, we've not seen the, the the concern was that, or the, the the thought was that all these financial advisors, their fees would come down, 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 down to almost oblivion, and it would be a um a, a, a kind of a throwaway job, something that right. wasn't really needed. Right. Uh, but we've seen the opposite. We've seen fees either normalize or even go up. But the, the big change is the services provided. It's no longer that you just walk in and say, hey, I, I need Google. Could somebody please help me buy it? Because you can buy it on your phone. You, yeah, you, 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 know. could,
0: you could open an account almost instantly and buy yep. whatever stock you wanted to buy, yep. right?
1: And if someone said, hey, I don't just want to buy one stock. I want to get a whole basket of stocks. Fidelity, Vanguard, there's any of these companies, they have these little robo-advisors where you can do it. But where the value that, that we provide, where, where people are, are desperate still for this assistance is when they say, okay, I put in all of my information. It says I'm fine. Can I quit my job tomorrow? Um, <laughs> did I put it in right? Am I, did I think about social security? You know, I, I, you know, All the different factors that go into someone's life um, to make these holistic decisions. And that's where the industry has moved from just being facilitating a trade to maybe helping you build a portfolio, but now saying, well, of course we build portfolios. Uh, of course, we do budgeting, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. Like we do all these things where we look at someone's whole life, and it, it's been this, this I think a dramatic arc from from you know everyone just used to get a pension, relied on the company. So now they get that freedom, but also responsibility. And so many people now say, well, what do I do with this?
0: And that and that's really a key point there because the individual employee, the what we call the participant, that could put money into a four hundred one k. Uh, they were given this absolute freedom. And what we have seen is a lot of people have failed uh, to make the contributions that they needed to make yeah. because they had no objective of how much money they needed. And what happened is that most people, particularly the rank and file, people that were wage earners, uh, they were spending their money. They were paying their bills. They were they were, they were were taking care of their family. They were paying their mortgage and all yeah. that such. And what we found is that people did not set aside money Or if they did set aside money, they put it into a holding, they really didn't track, they didn't know what what they were supposed to do with this. And so it's created this kind of obscurity and employers have had this hands off, okay, it's not my responsibility, it's your responsibility, Mr. Employee, right?
1: A lot of people probably have that experience that they have a 401k, they say, great, I wanna get in it. What should I invest? I got 20 funds." And the employer, or the HR folks have to say, we can't give you financial advice. Again, you know, yeah, and You're on your own. I mean, <laughs> right. legally, that's, that's where they're at. They have to you know, make their own choices. And we see a number of folks who have good jobs, good um, earning abilities, but they either are not putting in enough or they're conservative. Right. They just they think, hey, this looks safe and they put the money there. And then 20 years later, they realize I could have been so much more had I been aggressive right. when I was in my 30s. Right. That was a good time. And so, so, you know, that's kind of the, the history lesson a little bit of where we get to. But now in today, like, I want to talk a little bit, like, what are people's alternatives? How do you manage their money? And, you know, I, I think, you know, we're wealth managers. That's what we do. So we have a bias, of course. But there are other ways that people manage their stuff. And we'll talk through, you know, some yeah, of those. Let's we'll do that. The um, a, a, a first one, I, I think, is uh, getting a broker. Right. You know, people say, I got a stock guy or I got a stock gal that, that will help me buy this stuff. And I see that. um uh, lessening, I, I see more and more people that are that are not just excited to say, "Well, I, my broker only calls me." We had one recently that said he would call his broker and say, "Hey, I was thinking about this," and the broker says, oh, "That's a great idea. We should do it." And the the, 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 the person we're so talking to,
0: "What do you have it?
1: Yeah, why do I have you? Right? Yeah, was saying like, why am I coming up with all the ideas? I'm not the ideas ideas guy. You should be the ideas guy." Right. Um, and some of these brokers are are managing a lot of different things and they're trying to watch funds and the other
0: the other thing too is that most brokers are tied to a broker dealer and yeah. broker dealers then have priorities, maybe. I guess is the best way to say it. I want to be careful here, but they have products or companies that they're kind of putting at the forefront. Yeah. And the brokers have a tendency to sell those particular of push those things, I yeah. guess, the best way all to say those that.
1: personalities that thrive there are, are in a sales type capacity, right. you know? Right? Um, so some people get brokers, I see people that you know, because of Robinhood or a number of other apps, they can do the trading on their own. And my peers, a lot of them will say, Well, I don't want to buy just Google, I, I get that that is risky. I want to buy a basket of funds either through a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund, an ETF. And I want to spread out my my risk, all right? Um, so then you have people that are moving to more robo advisors. You know, they'll go onto on Fidelity's website.
0: So, so a robo advisor, are are you interfacing with a person at all, then?
1: No, it's technology. that okay. you, You'll go in there, and um, I've done it myself just to understand how these things work. You go through and you say, um, you know, I'm this age, this is my income, this is what I want to be in the future, and it pushes out, this is what you should invest in. right? And then it says, would you like to do it? Sure. And then it sets up a portfolio for so you. So
0: you answer a series of questions yep. and they kind of build a profile of you of where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish. But the thing that I, I would say that a robo-advisor doesn't know is doesn't know all the different various uh, aspects of your life that could happen from that point going yep. forward, right? And how
1: honest people are and how holistic they are and even putting the information in. Right. I mean, I, I think I compare it a little bit, You know, me, my background being an attorney, is like LegalZoom. You know, I'm never scared that LegalZoom is going to put me out of business because I've read LegalZoom documents. You know, and if if I as an attorney went through the LegalZoom process to set up, say, an estate plan, I'd probably get a state a great estate plan out of it because I know how to answer a lot of these questions and know what I'm looking for. Someone who doesn't, you know, they're just clicking. I've had a number of you know trusts that were completely out of left field, and it's like, well, where'd you get this? Well, I went through something. And it, LegalZoom can be great. The documents, I'm sure, are phenomenal at times. But it's it's the user interface, the ability to know what you don't know, right. and to get in there. And I think right. it, a lot of these robo advisors, I'd, I'd say it's probably in the same ballpark. The ability to know what you don't know—that when you click this button, you think it just says, "Oh yeah, what's what's my risk?" But really, you're you're dictating the entire future based on that choice you just made, and not understanding the impact of that.
0: Yeah, I just I just met with a prospective client. He's uh, he has a four hundred one. He's a he's a participant in a larger four hundred one k plan. And his comment to me was, he said, I put my money into what I thought was a conservative holding based upon the sub accounts, the choices they had. He said, but it's down over 15% uh, through last year. He said, what happened? I said, well, I, I kind of dug in and I showed, mm-hmm. him, I showed him what the content of that particular holding is. He goes, how come they didn't do that? How come they didn't meet my request? I said, because it's not their responsibility. You yeah. pick, they buy. Yep. They expect you to know what you're buying.
1: And for you to come back, like right. to say, okay, it's been three years from now, and my my future's changed. Now I want to retire at this age, or you know that, that lead specifically or that pro- prospective client was, you know theirs was well when the economy changed. Why didn't they change the investments and all these robo advisor type things? It, it's setting you up for a you know ten year perspective without any sort of course corrections along the way, unless you as the you know are right. doing that. Right, we're going to continue this conversation in a moment. So come on back.
0: 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA SIPC MSRB. AM
1: 590, the answer. Welcome back. We've been talking about uh, investment advisors and how the industry has gotten to where it is. We're going to kind of continue that conversation. So we, we were just talking about robo advisors and, you know, kind of the value or where they sit. Well, a lot of folks who are looking for a relationship, they're looking for someone to guide them through this. And that's where you get into you know, investment advisors or wealth managers. And they're very similar. It, a lot of it, the difference is a wealth manager is a little more holistic and they try and wrap their arms. And for what we do, we consider ourselves wealth managers. We try and wrap our arms around our client. My background being an attorney, we're able to add that aspect to it. There's a number of firms that add you know, tax prep or other items to say, hey, we want to be holistic yeah. with your life.
0: And there's there's several key items that we want to talk about with a client. Investing is just one sleeve. Yeah. There's all these other aspects that are involved with a with a client's financial life that we want to make sure that it's being taken care of. And I think from our perspective, is that if a client can do that on their own, great, we're not trying to, we're not trying to step in front of their ability to do that. But we find that the people that reach out to us are people that First of all, they don't have the time or they don't have the inclination and they just they just feel like they don't have the capacity yeah. to make all the correct decisions for themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and some of that is knowledge. Um, you know, we've talked I've talked with many clients that when you Google things, you know, should I contribute to a Roth IRA? Right. It's not that you get nothing back, you get a massive um, tidal wave of information. So out
0: of information and
1: what, how much of it applies to you? Is your situation different from here? Right. You know, all those questions. So there's, there's the aspect of personal finance has a lot of noise. I would say a lot of noise in that space that may not apply to you. And then we have other clients who are very bright. They could figure it out. You know, they, they, they could know all this stuff, but they're doing stuff. You know, their time is better spent, you know, say they're a surgeon, you know, they're, they're better spent, you know, focusing on being excellent at what they do and not, you know, halfway through a surgery, be like, Oh, I gotta, I got an alert. By, by needing to go trade Google because, you know, you know right. to be in that space. So there's, there's the, you know, they got the time to do it or the effort. And then also just the headspace. I mean, I, I love it when you get clients that, you know, they're checking their accounts every day, maybe every week. And then some will get to more of like once a quarter that they have let go of that responsibility, let go of that um, uh, the concern. And when we have our regular meetings with them, we talk through all the, the nuts and bolts and, you know, they can leave knowing that someone's at the wheel you know, that they're not going to get caught, you know, unexpecting something. And and so because of that, they're able to live their life in whether that's, um, you know, adventuring and doing fun things, whether it's just working, you know, right. but they're able to kind of outsource that.
0: So I think again, what we do for clients is try to cut through all the, like you say, the noise it's, it's, if you, if you go on to Google right now, it's, it's when you have a medical condition, doctors yeah. always kind of say stay, stay off of Google. Stay out, yeah. Yeah. Because Google will give you so much information, right. and a lot of it is probably not going to be the best uh, information for you to make a decision yeah. about your condition. Yeah. We have the same issue with the financial. When you go in and start typing in whatever, you get this this tidal wave yeah. of information. and the question is, is who do you follow? And there's a lot of there's a lot of apps, there's a lot of actors out there that I would say are influencers yeah. that try to lean you towards something. Um, and a lot of that is not really going to be in your yeah. best
1: interest. And some of it, I mean, we think about actual influencers, majority of those are pushing a product or right. a service or something. So you have that, you know, separate agenda, anyways. But then people who are generally there to educate, you know, um, a lot of people go to YouTube, a lot of people go to Reddit, um, a number of other services to get information. But it's kind of like, like you were saying, that the medical aspect of, you know, I, I found a blog somewhere where someone had the same thing and it turned out to be, Whatever.
0: Yeah. And not a good outcome. Right. And then they rushed to the doctor. Or it was it was a such a positive outcome. Everybody rushed into it. I I I listened to the television, all the pharmaceutical, but then you look at all of the vitamins and minerals mm. and everything you're supposed to take. And of course, all the testimonies that are that come through the television at you. Man, this changed my life. Yep. You know, uh, this thing I put on my leg, I just, it's amazing. Yep. Well, and my whole life is different now.
1: Yeah. Whether that's through, you know, TikTok or Instagram or, or Twitter, it's the same stuff, the same right. content coming through just different age groups. And, and how much of that do you believe? And, and I think it, it, a big part of it too is finding a trusted advisor. Like people who find a really good doctor that they trust and right. they feel like is listening and gets them, they value that relationship. Similar to people who find a financial advisor who listens to them, who understands what they're looking to accomplish, understands what they're concerned about, and can help them find a path through um, it, it is so valuable. And, and I think that's that's the value there. It's the personal relationship, it's the knowledge, and it, in my mind, it's the holistic approach. Um, part of me coming in and working in finance is that legal and finance relate so often. Right. You know, they're just right. intertwined. And uh there's value there as we connect through.
0: So again, I think going back to it is there's a lot of resources out there for somebody to, again, you can just type in Google, whatever you want, and you're going to be overwhelmed with information. The question is, is how do you sort that out? And how do you know that the information that you're getting is trustworthy? And then the next one is, if you make a selection in this area, Mm -hmm. will it benefit you? And oftentimes, there's more to it than just that initial Information that you get, right?
1: Yep, yep. And even if you made a good choice initially, I think I mean we've talked before, but you know, there's phishing scams, there is cryptocurrency pump and dump, and you know all this stuff going on. So you have to be careful of the you know bad actors who are looking to swindle people. Then you just have people who are looking to you know promote content and you know build a brand or to share information. And does that apply to you? I, I think the piece that I even if you make great choices, you listen to good people, you know, it's similar to water cooler talk, you know, the guy at work who said, you got to do this, you listen to that and you make a good activity, you make a good choice. One, they don't always share their, their failures. They show you, share the winners. So you get right. a little skewed view, just like all social media, you get a little skewed view. Then the next is the, I guess the maintenance or the monitoring, I feel, um, you know, we have people who set something up years ago. I see this a lot with trust. They did a great trust and it has been 15 years since they even thought of it. When they open it up again, they realize, yeah, I don't talk to that person anymore. This person moved away. Um, that kid, wow, I was going to give them money. I would never do that. You know, right. and and life just changes. That's another, I think, piece. Of this whole conversation is, um, even if you take the time, you focus, you figure it out, you 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 do it. Your life from that moment forward continues to change, and what you selected for your investments, the way you structured your retirement, all that. Um, may or may not be accurate. Yeah, and again,
0: when you're 35 years of age, the kind of investments that you make are going to be different than the investments that you make when you are 60 or 65 years of yep. age. So as you approach that closer to that retirement date or the date when we call it when you start to, you know, you're accumulating money, hmm. you're you're accumulating assets over that period of time, but then all of a sudden you're approaching that time where you're going to start to decumulate. You're going to start taking income out of those holdings. Yeah. So if you don't have a pension, uh, you're going to get Social Security, whatever. But whatever this basket of money that you've accumulated, mm-hmm. you're now going to start taking income out of it. How do you manage it? Is it going to be different than when you started 30, 30 years before? Yeah. And, of course, we believe there is. We think that there's a tactical um, aspect of, of how you manage your money when you enter into that phase of your life.
1: Yeah. We even had a client just this last week that was talking about as they move into a phase of taking money out of their portfolios, they said, "Well, aren't we going to be cutting into principal? Isn't this what we're doing?" And he says, "Well, investments previously were for growth, and so you weren't really generating made dividends. Whereas when you retool a portfolio for income, you have dividend-producing stocks, and so now it's it's naturally throwing off right. a certain level of income. And you know, it just kind of, oh, I, that makes sense. I get it. But they had not thought about it. they were, they were going to just start selling their stocks." and having to take out a principal to, to fund their life. Yeah,
0: and I, and I think also we need to uh, illustrate to every client is that the risk that you took on at earlier in your age is going to be different than the risk that you're going to take as you step into retirement. That's right. And there's a lot of conversation about that. But just generally speaking, you don't want to have a portfolio that is subject to a lot of volatility, particularly if you have a larger amount. Emotionally, most clients can't ride through that. Yeah, They know that they're invested in things that are going to have some variance in pricing because that's just the market. Yeah. But most people don't really want to stomach a roller coaster ride when they're stepping into retirement, right?
1: That's right. That's right. It, it, it's an interesting landscape. And I think for folks to find an advisor or do it themselves either way. Um but the world we find ourselves in <laughs> is that we've moved from company responsibility to individual freedom, freedom to fail, freedom to thrive, Right. and to say to either do it on your own or find someone who can come alongside you in that. Um, so we'll be finished for today. We'll about, we're going through a series of financial planning and uh, kind of talking through all the different elements of the stuff that we do. So some of it's retirement planning, some of it's uh, insurance planning, estate planning, um we'll probably get to family meetings and what those look like but we're going to take a series and kind of walk through those in the coming weeks Um, so if you miss any of these episodes you can find us on youtube we're there Uh, we we broadcast on the radio as well Um, if you have any questions or comments or things you'd like us to really touch on you can leave it below in the comments if it's here on youtube or if you're hearing us on the radio you can call into our office it's 951-684-7011
0: until next week folks may you grow in wisdom and knowledge thank you for listening California license number 0518567 and Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricourt Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.